Welcome to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. Join Dr. Allison House of House Dental in Scottsdale and Sean Zayas, founder of Zana, a company helping dentists extend their care beyond the chair as they lead dentists deeper along the journey of authenticity to reach greater fulfillment in their professional lives and to deliver remarkable patient experiences. At the core of the authentic dentist is a belief that the answer to the current challenges in dentistry is dentists discovering that their greatest asset and point of differentiation is their personal brand and that forming that brand out of their authentic selves is the best strategy for success in dentistry today. So this podcast is brought to you by Zana, and Zana makes electric toothbrushes, but it's more than that. They have a program that'll grow your practice with their electric toothbrushes. Hey guys, this is Sean and Dr. Allison House with the Authentic Dentist Podcast. And um, yeah, today we are going to talk about something that I think is pretty uncommon that a lot of practices don't know about. Uh, It's something that you're part of that provides some really unique value to practices, uh, almost like a, a safety net. How would you describe it? Well, we call it an indemnity group. And I was invited probably 15 years ago to join it. And it was, it was quite the honor because there were 20 dentists in my community and we have an agreement that if something happens to us, we will cover that person's practice. So if I should break my arm, I have 20 dentists that would cover my practice until my arm was recovered. I mean, this sounds like every dentist would need this. Like, like I mean, because it just sounds like, again, it is that safety net. It's that insurance of like, wow, if something happens, which it could happen. Um, and I'm guessing over the last, what you said, 20 years or 15 years ago? Over the last 15 years, we've only used it once. Really? Yeah. So is it something you have to pay to be part of? No, no, there's no fee. So there's really no paperwork truly because you can't, I can't force you to work for free in my practice. There's no amount of paperwork that we can do that. So we all get in one room And we do this every other year, and we just make a commitment to each other. And the commitment is that we will cover your practice. If something happens to you, we will cover your practice for at least three months. Um, I think the maximum we'd ever do is six months. And we'll take one day a month, each one of us. So your practice will be covered 20 days a month. And we'll see your patients, and we'll keep your practice going. Okay, so going into the pandemic... Were you guys a little scared that maybe, I mean, I guess when practices shut down, there there was no, like. Well, none of us to, could practice, so right. that didn't matter. Um, but was it something that you guys talked about? Like, hey, what if a few of us get, you know, COVID at the same time and, you know, when practices reopen? Did you guys have conversations? We should have, but we didn't. So we met in 2019 and there were 20 of us and we all made the commitment again. And in 2020, we had a bunch of dentists retire. Like there was just a great exodus. So when we needed it this year in 2022, there were only 10 dentists left in my group. And that tells you I'm the youngest member of our group. (laughs) So yeah, that was a big, it was a big challenge that we needed to cover because we'd made the commitment and we only had 10 dentists. Like how did, how did this even come about? Like who, was there someone that was specifically like the brainchild of this? Was it something that you guys took from like another industry, the inspiration for it? Or was it just something that you guys were all in some sort of a study group anyway? And you're like, hey, let's let's do this. 
You know, I couldn't say. It was started in 1995, which was way before I graduated from dental school. So I was just invited to be part of it. Okay, okay. So I don't know exactly where it started. But it was it was a brilliant idea. It's still a brilliant idea. Because you have a legal commitment that if you have somebody in the middle of treatment in temporaries or you've pulled their teeth and they need a denture, you have a legal obligation to finish that. A legal and an ethical obligation. And if even if you're dead, your estate still needs to take care of it. And if you're disabled, you know, you, you don't want to have that reputation that you didn't complete it. So if I'm a dentist and I'm not in a group like this and, you know, something happens, let's say I, I break my wrists on vacation and I can't practice for four or five months, like what 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 would I like? What would my options be? You don't have a lot of options. I mean, you don't. Hopefully, you have some disability insurance that'll pay you. But your practice, maybe you can hire a locum tenens to cover you. But that that doesn't always feel good. You don't know who that person is. Whereas our group of twenty, like we know what each other's practices do. We know what services you provide, and you also know the quality of the dentist. We we know the quality of the dentist that's going to come in. So were you able to get back to 20? No. Okay. No, we were not. Um, I called, begged, pleaded, and cried, and asked about six other dentists to help us. So we were able to cover the practice for 16 days a month, Okay. which is perfectly acceptable. And that's because one day a month is kind of like a, a good threshold for volunteering? Yeah. You, it's hard to take time out of your own practice. Because, okay. I mean, I canceled patients for an entire day and went into this practice and worked. And I kind of joked around with the team because it was like I was working in a kitchen and I don't don't know where the spatulas are. It was it's complicated to work in somebody else's practice. I I mean I, I can't imagine that. Like you know, the only thing I could relate it to would be like I do woodworking, right? And in my garage, sometimes it's it's a little chaotic, but I can't imagine trying to find tools in someone else's. Now I understand maybe um, dental practices have more set ways of of doing things or some best practices, but maybe maybe not. <laughs> like we all kind of are quirky and have our own materials that we like in our own hands. We have you know your chair height. There is a member in our group that is left-handed, so that would be a real challenge to move all of his equipment to the other side, which we could and we would. But yeah, there's there's a lot of challenges to work in somebody else's office. Well, can you think of a time when you've had to do this? Because you said you've only had to do this once in 15 years? Once in 15 years. Wow. So so tell me about that experience. Like, is it something that you guys got an email notification? Like, hey, <laughs> finally, <laughs> indemnity group, you know, <laughs> need your help. I should back up. So when you meet, when you first create the group, everybody did a, a medical. So we, we knew the health status of everyone in the group, that they were all healthy. We couldn't have somebody who was actively in cancer because we needed to start with a group that was healthy. Yep. And um, we also had a list of things that we would and wouldn't cover. At the time, 15 years ago, we said we wouldn't cover you if you went to drug rehab. That's changed over the last 15 years. We do cover somebody who would go into drug rehab okay. or alcoholism. But there were some things that we excluded. And then there were some things we decided that we would cover. If you had a premature child, we consider that a disability and we would cover your practice. Now, that didn't happen. But we did include that. So you set up the parameters of what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And then we set up a chairman. So And that chairman would rotate. And the chairman is the one that would be responsible for assigning people what day they were going to work in the practice. Um, if the dentist died, you'd have to go and meet with the spouse and the office manager and find out 
what needed to happen, what the plan was. And then we also have a, um, a practice broker that we work with who will, if somebody died, we wanted that practice sold right away or if they were going to be permanently disabled. Because the longer that practice goes with just us working it, the less in value it's worth. Right. So just to get maximize the return on investment for that. Yeah, we want the spouse estate. to have full value of that practice. We yeah. want all those patients to be taken care of. And yeah, we want the practice to keep going. So the chair, do they cycle on a two-year period since you guys meet every two years, or is it annually? No, um, it's every two years okay. we cycle. Yeah. So tell me about a time when, because you had to do this recently? We had to do it recently. We did it in March. Okay. We had somebody who was diagnosed with cancer, and he was going to go into treatment right away. Well, he had patients in the middle of treatment. He had a veneer case that needed to be seated. It was, we, we, did, we had to cover that practice, and we didn't know if he would come back or not, so that made it complicated. So he decided to bring in a partner, but he still had to locate the partner, have them buy in, so we covered that practice until we covered his practice until that happened. So you're the short term need, like you're the short term right away. Like I haven't found a partner yet, and yet he ha he can have peace of mind knowing that his practice is taken care of. Now, do you guys like bid on the days as far as like, hey, I love veneers, let me do Thursday, <laughs> or or was it just kind of like at random? So patients do have to be flexible with this. Um, we decided that we would just assign people. Okay. Because it was a pain, there would be too much arguing. And then if you needed to change your date, you could you could argue with somebody else. So I was the chair this time, and so I just set everybody up. Okay, you're going to work Monday, you're going to work Tuesday, you're going to work Thursday. So at least you could cancel your patients, reschedule them. And then if he had a procedure that that dentist didn't do, but another dentist did, then we'd move the patient to the day where that dentist. The veneer case, none of us really wanted to do that veneer case. It was a complicated one. So we found somebody who does veneers all the time. That's all he does. And he sat the case. So it was, we brought a lot of people in. And, but as the chair, you had to coordinate all of that. So, so you're saying that in the 15 years you've been part of it, there's never been a need for this, except during the one time when you're chair. Actually, I, I wasn't chair. Um, it's just our current, the current chair was, had some challenges. And so I stepped in and helped, okay. which is fine. I mean, that happens. And the person that needed it was a very dear friend of mine. Okay, so I'm a dentist, and I'm learning about this, and I'm like, man, this really does sound like a great, you know, a great thing to set up in my practice and my community. What would even be, like, a, a first step of, yeah, like, how do, like, what would I do? So you would reach out. Um, you need uh, 16 to 20 dentists is important. So you need to find that group of people. And we decided that we wouldn't have person, like, next door to us. Because if the person next door to us would feel like they were going to come in and take my patients. Right. And if I was coming back, that especially would bother me. So we're kind of spread out all over the valley. You'd have to drive. But finding people that are just around, not necessarily across the street from you. 15, 16, 20, 20 people is probably the top number. And then you meet and you decide what your criteria is going to be. So is there a chance that in a larger area like Phoenix, you have the luxury of spacing it out more, but maybe if it was a smaller town, um, I, I don't know, because I'm thinking like New Hampshire, my town was 30,000 people. Um, so maybe you just have to do a network of neighboring towns. Like, what would be like a limit, like 40 minute drive, hour drive? I'm guessing people wouldn't want to commute beyond an hour maybe. I would say that was true. We did have somebody from Sedona 
for a little while and okay. we were willing to cover his practice, which means we would have to drive to Sedona and back every day. Which for our listeners, what kind of commute would that be? Uh, about an hour and a half. Okay. But in Sedona, there aren't 40, there aren't 20 dentists in Sedona. So there was no way to cover it. Right. Um, so, you can, so if you you're make your s- own parameters, whatever works for you. Yeah. If you're in a smaller, but I understand the whole competition, you know, concern of like that day that you're temping, you're kind of like, oh, and by the way, I'm right down the street. <laughs> like you don't want someone coming in and almost like poaching your, your patients. And we have a commitment to each other that we will not take any of these patients. So mm-hmm. if even if this patient wants to come to my office, I'm not going to accept this patient as one of mine. That's not allowed. So are all these commitments, they're just verbal or is there some sort of like signed? You really can't make somebody sign that they're going to come work for free in your practice. Okay. You, it's There's just no document that can force somebody to do that. What about if I volunteered to work in your practice, this is what I'm still abiding by? Exactly. So there, we do have documents that said, these are the rules. These are what we were willing to cover. Um, this is what the commitment would be. It'd be one day. Um, and you could, ha- you could have to do this six times. You could say it's three times, whatever, whatever works for you and your community. And then, um, yeah, you have to meet every other year and like make that verbal commitment to each other. We will do this. I mean, it seems like you have, like this has been a very successful thing that you've been part of. You know, it's been 15 years now. Um, it, it worked when it needed to work. Um, is it still, is it in process right now with this one practice that you're helping out or did that? Um, that all went through. There's a new doctor there. Yeah. So that was all taken care of. So how long did it end up being in total? It was only six weeks. Okay. The practice is very successful. And so, yeah, it went really fast, but that was again, part of the process. We had a broker that we engaged that was already engaged to take care of this. And the spouse, like we have the phone number of all the spouses, because your spouse is going to be traumatized and not be able to function. So we have the spouse, the office manager, and the meeting that you have to have that how are we going to do this? What's going to happen? It just must have felt great being part of that, though. Like like to know that you and the other dentists were able to help a fellow dentist that you cared about in a time of their need. You know, like I know you do a lot of volunteer work, so you work with the Mission of Mercy. And there you're giving back to people that can't afford dentistry. But when do you get to help out an actual colleague that that is in a crisis in their own life and says, hey, look, guys, someone have my back? It, it did feel good. And it felt good that we had this formal agreement. I have covered somebody's practice that was not in our group. But that was really clunky because there's just a group of us that said, okay, we'll come in and cover. But it wasn't organized in the same way. And it's easier to feel like, hey, guys, I've already done three Someone else hasn't even done one yet, but they said they're willing. Like, come on. <laughs> like, it probably is easier for some sort of either misunderstanding or conflict or resentment. Where here, you guys have already agreed on all that. So there, there's no room for that. There's no room for that. And people were wonderful. So I'd call and say, um, I need you to cover tomorrow. And they'd be like, okay, done. And you can't just call somebody and say, cancel your patients for tomorrow. And But we are in this group. We already knew this was going to happen. You'd been informed. So I tried to give everybody... You know, we're, we're scheduled out six weeks, so we knew it would be at least six weeks. Man, that's that's amazing. So here I am. I want to learn more. Um, it Like, can I contact you? Sure, absolutely. Um, I, I can do my best to give you what I know. Um, I wouldn't email me, though, because email seems to go to the junk mail, so I'd probably just Facebook me. But, yeah, I'm happy to answer questions or help in any way I can. 
it's it's a great thing. It's been very beneficial, and it does make me feel like I'm a little safer. And on Facebook, you are Allison. Allison House. Allison Borden House. I, I was going to say, I think you are Allison. I think I'm Borden House, yeah. Borden House. But yeah, um, we just want to share this with you today because, you know, I guess even with the pandemic, more now than ever, you don't know when something's going to happen in dentistry that's going to change the the ways in which you can practice or something happened like with your good friend where all of a sudden you're not able to, to take care of your patients. Um, and this indemnity group just seems like a really great option. So yes, reach out to Allison Borden House on Facebook to learn more. Thank you for listening to the Authentic Dentist Podcast. To join Allison and Sean on this journey, hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Here's to your success. Express yourself fully. Live authentic. Thank you.